Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. I want to continue on the study of the mind, and uh, what's the foundational scripture? Someone quickly, minds engaged. What's the found, what does it say? Okay, as a man thinketh in his heart, uh, so is he. So what have we learned about the brain? Anybody? We don't have one. <laughs> brain dead. <laughs> what? Anybody? What have we learned? Okay, one, okay which side is what? Kevin? Okay, left side is analytical, logical, understands consequences. Um, um, uh, you reap what you sow. Right side um, uh, is visual and emotional. So what's happened in, uh, so explain that. Why is that, what does that mean anything? Anybody? Lytle? Because um, when people think, when they develop develop habits or because of their experiences in life, what will happen is they'll start to, the emotional side will start to take over the logical side and then because of their experiences in life they So why is the emotional side taking over the logical side? Well, what happens in life basically, one other thing about your brain it has two types of memory, electrical and chemical. The more you repeat it uh, like in just playing music, if you play a passage wrong once you have to play it three times to correct that, otherwise you learn muscle memory so by repeating those same things over, the memory moves from temporary uh, storage to permanent storage. So once it's permanent storage, you, people don't, can't control it um, unless, you know, they get saved and God changes them. But it just becomes a knee-jerk uh, or a uh, continually reac- reaction, continuous reaction to whatever they see. So that's important because they'll filter everything through those emotional experiences and react and behave based around those. Okay, and so we'll come back in a minute. And so what Lytle's talking about is uh, in your brain, uh, there's synopsis, these tentacles and neurons and et cetera. And when you think a thought, uh, there's a chemical reaction, there's electronic reaction. And so they weld together, this thought, this attitude welds together. And the more you repeat it, deeper, the wider, the longer it becomes. Until eventually, to reverse that, uh, it takes a, a powerful act of your will. And to reverse it, and we'll get to this on the renewing of the mind, you have to retrace many times or break out. The problem is with this reaction, uh, how you respond to people, how you view people. Uh, how you interpret life, um, 
based on your memory and your experiences and the decisions you've made as you've thought you've become. Okay, I know that sounds, and we're just kind of warming up this morning. And so let's go back to the question. Why the emotional side, the visual side, uh, the feeling side, and the other side is the logical, uh, uh, the uh, analytical, uh, etc. So let's go back to that in a minute. Someone else, give me. What have we learned? Anybody? We learned anything. What's the problem in this generation? Reuben. More sitting on front of the TV with the iPod in their ears, and that's what they're feeding in their brain. So that's how they're dealing with most of their problems, just by, you know, what they see on TV or, you know, that's their lifestyle now. You know, they listen to rap or whatever, so now they sag their pants, and it's, that's our generation today. Okay, and so uh, when you learn to read, you can't think without words. You heard words. So what are the uh, two major gates to your mind? Eyes and ears. Uh, you will become what you see and what you hear. And so these information, uh, imagery, thoughts, uh, uh, words, uh, ideas, uh, enters into your brain, okay? And as Reuben said, for years it was reading. And when you read, the letters, especially in English, looked nothing like the meaning. And so you had to make a logical interpretation. It's true with mathematics. You had to make a logical transition. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat. Well, that looks nothing. Those words look nothing like what Jesus is talking about there. So you had to transpose that. The left side of your brain develop and become dominant in decisions and will. The problem with a, a TV as the babysitter, monitor, internet, and, and we'll get into this somewhere along the way, how the internet is changing our brain. Uh, the whole media, visual, what happens is, is the emotional side or the right side has taken dominance uh, over the analytical or logical side. So what happens in life now is you react emotionally. Not thinking of the consequence, not thinking how this is going to affect people, affect me, how this is going to play out. And prisons are filled, life is filled with casualties uh, because of that. Okay, we kind of worked that through, and that's one of the great problems. That's what you're dealing with. Many people here, uh, is, that's what you're dealing with. Then we moved on into, uh, we talked about um, uh, uh, what happens when you repeat something in your brain, and we went through all that, the uh, neuropsychological uh, effects and all of that, and we had a lot of Scripture. Then we talked about sin. Most of us come in uh, from a sinful world, unless we're raised in church, and uh, what a blessing to your mind and spirit. We come in from a sinful world, and sin uh, had an impact on your brain. Sin is, you've heard me say for years, is not just something you do. Sin is what you become. And so we looked at the scripture. I want to read it again, and then uh, uh, we'll proceed on. Any thoughts, any other input, um, any ideas? We've covered a lot of ground the last few weeks. Anybody? Uh, Betty. I think um, the principles that you um, emphasize when you become a Christian um, that's really makes a difference. If you read your Bible, you pray, 
uh, the more repetitive, you keep feeding that part of the brain, yeah. that's going to develop better. Yeah, you, we talked about your brain has an appetite. Your brain uh, is, one of the quotes I read, uh, wasn't Christian, but it was kind of like, it, it's more like a living being. It has an appetite. And just like you, if, if you eat certain things, you develop an appetite for it. And this is what happens with your brain. Okay, anyone else? Uh, Lytle, you want a, um, a statement? I was going to say there was a study. There was a, a guy that started taking lessons. He was a dentist. He wasn't particularly interested in playing music, but both of his parents had Alzheimer's disease. And what they found is several studies that one of them was from the Smithsonian Institute that people that continue to learn, especially things that use fine motor skills, like music, build new pathways in their brain. Yeah. So that would be like a renewing of your mind. So people that sit there and watch TV and turn into vegetables, their mind can potentially become dead. But they actually studied two groups, did an autopsy on both groups, and they had the same amount of brain damage, but the people that continued to learn and do things built new pathways in their brain. Yeah, the, uh, the, I preached on it a couple years ago, The Brain That Changes Itself. It was very interesting to me. Mike White actually uh, recommended the book. I read it. They had some online uh, uh, video, but people, they taught them how to see. It was amazing. They were blind. They put this, because uh, you see with your brain, they said, not with your, your eye. And they put this sensor on their tongue because it has the less uh, uh, coverage. And the brain rerouted itself. It was amazing. And this is why uh, Jesus knew. Be not Paul, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove was that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And what these people learned to do with this sensor as a, as a camera, their brain rerouted itself, and they could actually see it. it, it showed, uh, they'd see a branch, they'd walk around, they'd duck under things, and et cetera. It's astounding. And uh, I've read it, like I said, I've been reading all these books, and... Uh, uh, another lady uh, had a had a nail go through her brain or something, and it's amazing how it can reroute itself. We won't get into all of that. Uh, anybody else? Any thoughts? Uh, uh, we've looked at a number of things. I want to look at Ephesians four again, and then uh, uh, move into some. I want to read this with you again. We looked at it last week. Um, um, uh, Jesus said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, body, soul, mind, and spirit." Uh, and so we're, the whole thought is loving God with your mind. Uh, you got saved. Everything got saved, really, but your mind. Your mind didn't. There was some deliverance, no doubt. There was a new heart. But your mind didn't get saved. It has to be renewed. One of the difficulties in pastoring, someone can be saved 10 years, but uh, they still think, um, or especially in a crisis, or when they're upset, they still think like they did before they were saved because their mind has not been renewed. They still react, and we're going to talk a little bit about this. So Ephesians 4, 17, let me read this. Put it up on the board, please, Ephesians 4, 17. Uh, and uh, here he's talking, there's a lot, I think I marked, there's like five different words here that relate to the mind. Listen in. This I say, therefore, in testifying the Lord, you should no longer walk or live as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the fruitility of their mind. And, and what, what do we say? What does that mean? What does that word mean in the Greek? What does it mean in English? 
<laughs> anybody, anybody else besides Lytle got, got your brain engaged? What does it mean this morning? He's been up since 2 a.m. this morning. He's, he's kicking on all cylinders. Uh, Mary, what's that? Useless or unproductive. Okay, someone else want to add to that? Uh, yes? Uh, aimless, uh, Wendy. Uh, yeah, no purpose, um, uh, lost, wandering, vain, uh, uh, empty, uh, and and anybody who lived in sin very long can identify with that. This this aim, and so your mind uh, is it's not it's not locked into purpose and destiny and especially the things of God. Okay, then he begins to uh, describe why having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance. There's two were understanding ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, what's all that saying? So what does sin do? Just reading that one verse. What does sin do? Anybody? Anybody? Yes, Elias. Okay, what does that mean? Because of the your heart's blind. What does that mean? Yes. What does that mean? Who's got the mic back there? You, what does it mean? Oh, Elias, you're, you're through? What? Okay. To lack of understanding. What does it mean when you're blind? What's your heart's blind? What, what does that mean? George. When you see and you're talking about how they rerouted the eyes and these people could duck under a branch, they could go around it. Um, when you're blinded spiritually, it, it, you have no ability to defend yourself against the assaults of hell. Okay. Okay, your understanding is darkened and your heart is blinded. And so what happens now is you, and he says you're ignorant. There's ignorance in you. What does that mean? There's ignorance in you. Your understanding's darkened, and your heart's blind. What does that mean? Yes. Angela. Um, this is just an idea. When I was in seventh and eighth grade, my best friend was blind. Okay. And whenever, like, if I left her standing, she would stand. Okay. <laughs> and just, and she was like. By herself, nobody talked to her. Nobody. She was completely alienated. She had no idea of what's going on around her. She, when I was with her, I was. No, her that's eyes. the work. Being alienated from the and life of God. So would it be like pulling yourself into something where you can't feel the God? You're you're alienated. You're away from God. Uh, yes, yes. That's the results. That's what begins to happen. He talks about it. If you go at verse nineteen, past feeling, giving themselves over. So, so we're talking about sin now affecting your mind. We've got hands that were Keith, Reuben, and John. The Word of God and God being truth. Uh, basically sin, and it, it takes you from the truth. And so now you're on things that are untrue, false things, things that, that don't have life to it. Uh, and, and so that's what it's kind of saying. I mean, if we so what does that mean? What, what does all this mean? Reuben, if you want to, what does that mean? What does it mean in life? I'm talking about real life. That you don't understand what 
you don't have an understanding of what sin is. It's not, you might be doing something, but you don't know that it's sin. So that's why it's darkened, enlightened, and ignorant, because you don't know any better. But you're still doing it, thinking that it's right. Hey, how does that compute out, John? Uh, so an inability to see the reality of what your decisions are, are okay, doing. Okay, give me some reality. Um, your your uh, selfishness is the major reason for your marriage problems. Okay, uh, so in marriage, you, 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 you can't see. You know there's this friction. You know there's this trouble. Uh, you know there's uh, uh, conflict. Uh, uh, you, you know there's a problem, but you can't see what's creating the, the real problem. All you see is, uh, is the, what the problem is creating, but you don't see the problem. That's what sin does. That's what blindness does. You can't see the real issues uh, of our heart, our action, our words, our thoughts, because we can't, we can't connect the dots. I'm, I'm, things keep blowing up. Life keeps blowing up. Uh, uh, I keep ending up in, in where I don't want to be. Uh, I keep doing what I don't want to do, but I can't see what the people, they react to me. I'm, what's the problem? What is that? Uh, Fred, you want to add to that? John, you have more? Okay. Uh, just to root it uh, would be, I think, lost. Okay. You know, when you lose direction to, to anything, you, you... So what does that have, mean? You have what to you, find t- your tell way. Tell me, real, real life. What does that mean to be lost? I'm not talking about... I got lost in the woods a few times, hunting when I was a kid and different things. Lost in Malaysia one time for four and a half hours. Losing all sight of direction. Okay, Just what does that mean, have, though? Not having it. Okay, um, what does that mean? Real life. Lost. What does that mean when you're... Uh, in, in, I'm talking about... Give me a real life experience that helps people. Paul? You, you, I got lost out in the woods when we went to Woods Canyon. So, I mean, I, I thought I knew on my way. Um, I'm going in the right direction. We were out running, just having a good time. Then uh, all, all my marker points were just gone. Okay. Like every every uh, thing that seemed uh, reasonable, like, like a mountain maybe that I seen when I was coming down the road, uh, maybe a certain uh, uh, tag that was stuck to it, to a tree, but like familiarity was lost. Okay, you, know? you lose reference points, uh, you become disorientated, uh, uh, you become confused, and so what was you going to say, John? Well, if we like, if we just take the example of marriage again, you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, you don't. You don't know what the problem is, but you also don't know how to fix it. What do I do? Uh, what okay. direction do I take? Do I get a divorce? Do I try to work it out? Do I just endure this, this yeah. you know, whatever? Okay. And, and so that, you, you can't find the solution. You may have good intentions. I used to make resolutions to Connie, and I had good intentions, New Year's resolutions. But I, I just, I, I, it never worked. It never played out. It never... Uh, I knew I said things that hurt her, but I'd say them again and again. I knew I would, uh, my response to life was, hey, I'm out of here. I don't have to put up with it. Well, I knew that wasn't right, but I did it again and again and again and again. Money, had no clue about money, had no clue about life and money. My thoughts about money is you just spend it and could care less uh, uh, foolishly. Uh, thoughts about uh, uh, people, 
uh, I mean, it's unending. Uh, work. What's your thoughts about work? Uh, uh, dating. Some of you young people. Dating. Uh, don't, uh, you know, uh, love is blind and stupid and ignorant. Amen. It is. You want to know about dating? Uh, look at the parents. That's the number one. Uh, is look at the parents. Number two, look at uh, spiritually. And they'll, lie, they'll, they'll put on their best friend. I won't say they'll intentionally just ball, but they'll, they'll present to you. And, and, uh, uh, and, you know, don't live in this fantasy. Oh, yeah, Prince Charming fantasy is always somewhere else. Oh, you can't go to this church because you know people here, but you know people know them there too. I had a pastor, you know, and, and uh, someone and I were talking. I just told him this pastor is funny. All the guys in this church want to marry girls here, but he's got daughters himself. Why don't any of them want to marry his daughters? Because they know him. <laughs> and he got beautiful daughters. And so, uh, spiritual daughters. Anyway, I, praise the Lord. Amen. And so, uh, past feeling, uh, giving themselves over to lewdness, uncleanness, uh, and that you put off the former conduct. Uh, and he goes on, uh, indeed you had heard him, uh, you have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus uh, and renewed by the spirit of your mind. So I want to, I uh, uh, we'll be handing out some things next week or putting them up on the board. But uh, uh, how do you react to life? You've heard me say for years, you never know what's in a person until you tell them no. So uh, how do you react? How do you respond? Uh, what's been uh, uh, wired by your... See, life, and you've, we talked about this a little bit, it's not just what happened to you, it's how you perceived it. It's the explanation you gave to it. That's, what, that's why forgiveness is so powerful, but it's, the, it's, it's how you defined it. It's not just what someone said to you. Uh, someone can say something to one person, say the same thing to another person, and a third, fourth, and each one of them will interpret it totally different. Not because the person said something different, but because of how you have uh, developed your mind to react to life, to crisis, disappointments, setbacks, conflicts. How do you respond? It's easier to act like a Christian than to react to like a Christian. So I want to I look at a couple things here and trigger your mind and, and try to get through this today where we can move on to another dimension of it. Are you combative? Is this, is this your response? I see people on the airplane. Uh, I see people in restaurants. Uh, I've been with people, and their response is combative. If, if, if uh, uh, I was uh, eating with this guy and uh, the waitress is, uh, she's walking past us with our food. All right, here he said, right. I mean, and I could tell this woman. <laughs> I still torment him about it today. And, and he, and, and what he's doing, I mean, it's, 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 it's like this response is totally beyond the situation of life. Not like we're starving. Not like we're in a concentration camp, you know, and it's every man for himself. 
Uh, you see what I'm saying? But, but it had nothing to do with that lady. Uh, I'm sure that's somewhere in the past. Is this your answer? You become aggressive. You move into attack mode. Start blaming, defending, fault-finding. This is your survival mode. Your voice gets loud. You throw things. You become argumentative. You always try to talk down the other person. Uh, is this your answer? Anytime someone, uh, your wife or your husband, has a different opinion, they don't agree with you. Do you feel insulted or threatened just because someone thinks different than you do or you don't get your way? You have to retaliate. Do you ever stop and ask yourself, why am I like that? Why do I think like that? As a man thinketh, so is he. Why is that my answer for all of life? You constantly have to be right. You have to be right. And so this leads to constantly justifying yourself. You have to make other people wrong for you to be right. This, this causes conflicts in relationship. And, and so uh, uh, is, is, this is a common reaction today. This is road rage. I read the other day, women are more apt for road rage than men. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I just throw that out. <laughs> but uh, uh, why? I mean, the violence and, and everything, you know, uh, uh, this thing that just happened in Aurora, Colorado, terrible. I mean, it's just unending. And, and, and the stats are just ODing over this seems to be the reaction today. Is this, this where's that coming from? Or maybe you're clean hands. I, I preached on this a, a year or so ago. Uh, when Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that atonement was rising, he took water, washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person you see to it. What was Pilate saying there? What was he saying when he washed his hands? Jesus standing before him. He said, I, I know you're but I'm... What was he, Guillermo? He's saying, I'm not responsible for this. Okay, uh, this is another, is this your, I'm not responsible. Uh, it can't be my fault. You always have an excuse. Always have a different story. That's your answer and your response for every issue of life. Let someone else deal with it. I, I, I'm not going to deal with this. You, 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 you see to it, he said. I just wash my hands. I won't deal with anything, especially... If it's if if it if it if it if it has to do with righteous judgment, if it has to do with the the son the uh, things that are critical in life, you love to play the victim. You have an excuse, uh, uh, and the biggest excuse in life is to blame someone. I didn't ask for this. It's not my problem. I don't have to deal with it. I'm a victim. I, I don't, and so. Uh, uh, they won't take responsibility for the condition of their marriage, their kids, their own attitude, their spiritual condition. And their defense is always, it's not my problem. It's not my fault. I don't have to deal with this. I wash my hands of it. So anyway, I just threw a couple of things out there that in the last 20 years... 
uh, I've seen uh, uh, prominent in people is, is one, is uh, any time uh, uh, there's a confrontation, any time there's any, any kind of uh, situation that's uncomfortable, uh, you become aggressive. That's one response. That more and more, and I'm, it's not just preacher talk, statistics, uh, we can't build enough prisons for people that go to jail because of that. They can't, can't seem to find enough prison. It's, it's, it's just aggressive. The other is, I don't have to deal with it. I'm not responsible. Uh, I'm not responsible for my life. I'm a victim. Uh, look what you made me do. Uh, it's my parents' fault. It's society. It's where I live. It's how I grew up. It's the teachers. It's the preachers. It's the church. It's this. And I'm not responsible. So anyway, uh, any response to these two? Any thoughts? Any ideas? Jeff? I think a lot of the violence that you know, I'm seeing, um, especially like around the shop where I work, is the drug use in, in this generation. What we thought was bad when I was in high school, it's insane now. It just There's so many street drugs and just about everybody's on them. And, uh, and the whole medical marijuana thing is a joke. It's just virtually legalized marijuana where people have a card and they get it and they grow it and they nothing the police can do to stop it but then they have it in their possession and they sell it and okay. so it's just flooding the streets and and you see people with just uh every couple of weeks you know i'm calling the police there's activity you know um uh in the shop people running through the shop um just <laughs> seriously just and you can't you try to reason with somebody try to use logic try <laughs> it's it's impossible they're they're completely out of their minds it's 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 really an epidemic okay dave my my and what i want you to think about why is it this way that's what i want you to think about why where did i get the mindset that the answer to all my problems is i become aggressive combative dominant uh shouting i mean it's unending or if i just say huh not my problem uh, 27 bill collectors at my house, um, but not my problem. Honey, you take care of it. Dave. I mentioned this before a few weeks ago, but culture and family or the people around you that influence you and so let's have, talk about that. have what, effect on you. So, so what are you talking about? Well, you're gonna, you pick up on your parents' habits. When I was okay. a kid, my okay. dad liked the Beatles, so I, you know. I grew up liking the Beatles. You know what, Ed Botnicki just uh, texted me. You know what the number one song in China is? Hey Jude. Can you believe that? Number one song in China today. Go ahead. Anyway, you mentioned the Beatles. So, so children, and again, family is a culture, or has a culture. And so children pick up on that. Or as you get older, you start hanging around other people outside of the family culture, and it's more the, the friends you hang around with, that culture, whether it's, you know, cowboys, druggies, hippies, or gangsters, or whatever the case may be today. Okay. There, there's and, a media culture, too. And, and if you're always listening, always watching him, that's a go ahead. And so if somebody throws a punch at you, you don't just stand there. You react. You have an automatic response to put up your hands to defend yourself. And as you respond to situations and circumstances in life, it's the same thing. 
you've learned how to respond to something, and so you automatically respond a certain way based on what you've learned and what you've been patterned after around the different cultures you've been exposed to in life. Okay, Keith? They used to blame, there was this big thing came out blaming rap, hip-hop on murder and violence. And so it was this big old fight, and I was in the music industry then, so I was the one that used to deny all that. But it's amazing how when I went to go fight, I put on Tupac or Lil Wayne or some of these rap guys that would, would, would stare me up, and some of the things they would say, it would just run across my mind. So that's kind of the culture uh, of, of what he's talking about, the culture. I mean, you see this in the ghettos even. Uh, I lived in neighborhoods, and all we listened to was rap. All we dressed like was what we listened to. How we reacted was what we listened to. And then when you look at the parents, uh, you know, they'll blame somebody else or they'll look at somebody else, but this is really what's training us and coaching us. Okay. Okay, and so what about wash the hands? Wash the hands, Fred. Well, uh, I'm not responsible. Uh, you Don't hold me accountable. Uh, it's not my fault. It's someone else, uh, and it's their fault. But never, you know, uh, Fred. What's gotten me more open to uh, the things taking place in the world is something that I was instilled, that was instilled in me years ago when I was a kid, and that was that uh, there was truth in the Bible about what was to come, and that, and that would be that sin was going to get more rapid, people were going to be, you know, lost, and, and things were going to get worse, worse in, in the earth, period, worse in our nation. And that's what we're seeing today. And, and, and I've been telling my kids for about a year now or even more than that, you know, just look at the way things are. They're going to get worse. Things that you see now, they're going to get worse. You know, and I've been listening. So what's creating that? Uh, selfishness. Okay, selfishness. Yeah. Demonic. Yep. Um, and, and, and you just see it just spreading, you know, like cancer. You see it spreading throughout the whole world. It's, it's not just something that. You can pinpoint in one direction for one area. It's something that is already written, and it's predicted, and it's coming to life. Okay. Uh, uh, what happens is, here, listen to me carefully. What happens to people is we start living out of memory rather than the knowledge of God. I'm, I begin, I'm living out of my memory what I've been through, what's been programmed into me rather than the truth, the light, the knowledge of God. And so that's, that's the conflict. This is why you see people make the same mistake over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yes, go ahead. What I was going to say is um, what you had said before. <coughs> what would make our generation, you know, want to react this way. We were reading in Samuel, and um, God told the the elders of the land to lay down rocks and bricks and write down, like, the things and miracles that God has brought them through so the next generation to come would be able to see that and be like, and acknowledge God for who he really is. I was thinking that most of the parents, the reason why the children react this way is because most of the parents drop their job and they, you know, don't remind their kids what they had to go through in order to get here. Okay. 
I, I believe that's true. Uh, let, let me make a couple. How much time we got? Um, we're close? Six minutes. Okay. So let me, uh, uh, I know a, a pastor couple, foreign country, great couple, very good couple. Uh, fantastic. Uh, I've never, I don't know them real, real well, but I've never known them to be violent in any way. They've lived for God many, many years, pastored, pioneered, um, uh, preached here. Their daughter uh, uh, married this street gangster, uh, backslid, it's tragic. He was violent, she became violent. And she ended up, uh, he lipped her off, and she stabbed him in the back with a butcher knife and went to prison. She's out now, and uh, uh, et cetera. How did that happen? Leela? A while back, God had dealt with me about um, the fruits of the Spirit, convictions, and how, how you act towards people and stuff like that. And even though I was saved and I loved God, and, and I got some things strained out, but there were some things that God was dealing with me that I ignored for a while. And so time How long have you been saved? I've been saved. Well, I got saved when I was about 13, but I grew up in a Christian home. Okay. And and for a while, you know, things got really crazy. We lost our minds, you know, and we allowed the devil to really destroy our lives. And I just thank God that now God has put something in my life. Through all that I've been through, God has brought me closer to him. And I just went through the book of Mark and Matthew. I was reading it through, and, and I was looking in the Bible, how the Pharisees act. And I was, I was looking at these things, and I'm thinking to myself, my God, that's how I was acting, you know. And, and I just thank God for the grace and the mercy of God, you know, because I think if we ignore, ignore convictions, that we can do crazy things that we can never imagine of. Yeah, yeah. I, you, I want to say you'll never, denial is your worst enemy. Denial, because God himself can't move beyond denial. In other words, uh, uh, Leela's talking about, uh, you know, God's done this work. and uh, But for God to do the work, he only approaches in truth. He is truth. And so denial, and that's what uh, the victim, the victim is a, is a form of denial. A blaming, fault-finding is a form of denial. It's not me. It's not me. And we can live our whole Christian life there. But the moment you say, you know what? There's something wrong with me. So my question though is, how did this girl, raised in our fellowship, raised in a Christian home, to, to my knowledge, a good home, how, what happened here? What happened? Uh, Papard, you, want, you had your hand up? Okay. Influence. Influence. Okay, uh, explain that. That's a great word, influence. So what happened? Um, I guess. I mean, I, we don't know for sure what happened, but I mean, yeah. what do you think happened? Well, the mentality of what her husband had, um, it rubbed off on her. Okay, that's number one. So yeah. basically yeah. whatever. Okay, let me stop right there. Remember, when you get married, you marry an influence. 
You don't just marry a person. Solomon, you, you heard the sermon, Solomon, all these incredible experiences with God, but at the end of the day, his wife's turned his heart. You marry an influence. Okay, uh, uh, what else? Do you have anything else? You uh, Basically, I mean, she watch. So she like his everyday life. What do you do, you know, on a daily? Okay, let, let, okay. How, though, she's raised in a Christian. She knows God. She's been raised here in preaching. She's been raised in the presence of God. She's been in the prayer room. I saw her in a prayer room. I saw her as a girl growing up. I preached there for 20, before she was born, I was preaching in that nation. How did this happen? She's raised in church. Uh, good parents, godly parents, to my knowledge. Good. How, how did this happen? Yes. It's like a, a demonic spirit she opened herself up to because I know we were raised in church, my sisters and I, and stuff happened in our family, and I know I saw my dad beat up his wife, and I got in a relationship where I got beat up, and I'm God Okay, the me question that. is, how do you get in that relationship, Pete? That, sorry for interrupting you. Go ahead. You want to respond to that? How did you get in that relationship? I, want to I, put... I opened that door to that spirit. I allowed that in me. I accepted that as normal. And now that I'm married and in church, my reaction was to get violent. And okay. not knowing it, I just cried out to God. And I said, God, you need to break that spirit, get that spirit out of me. And, like, all of a sudden, it's just, I don't crave that violence no more. I don't feel that spirit in me. I feel peace, and it's just different. You just open that door to that supposed normal, and it's not. Okay, Pete? Uh, I, I believe it's because uh, this young lady, when she was uh, influenced by, the, by her husband, uh, I know. Why, how did she get tied up with him? But I know she saw some things in this guy's life. And she refuses to say, that, that's wrong. Yeah, okay. I, I, I can't allow my mind to think like that. I can't gravitate towards that. As a matter of fact, I need to repent and walk in a different direction. But what happens is that she didn't do that. For whatever reason, she became emotionally attached. And, uh, and, and it, drug her, it dragged her into this relationship. It dragged her down a, a path where she didn't want to go. And when she got there, she had no ability to Okay, change. she saw this guy. Say she's attracted to him. He, uh, I... I think I met him one time. Very handsome guy. Uh, and so you're saying she saw him. She was physically attracted. He probably said some things to her that made her feel sexually uh, 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 attractive. And so you're saying, though, there had to be warning signs and she blew these off. Okay, I agree. There had to be things that... that uh, signals and signs and so but but what in her mind why being raised and I know she heard sermons on marriage you know she went uh, teens uh, kids Sunday school children's church it's a larger church etc all of these things in her mind and then then I mean it, uh, it's tragic it's heartbreaking I know her I know her sisters I uh, ag I mean that's painful she got on drugs later, teeth, I mean, eat up. I mean, looked like she aged 40 years in two years when I didn't see her. And we're out, they're waving at me. They're shaking watches. They're doing everything at me. Can you hold it for a week? Can you remember that thought for one week? 
Can you? Yeah. <laughs> and so, because this is, how do you, how do you, something happened up here though. Something happened up here. Something happened up here. God bless you. We, we, I'm sorry. We'll pick it up next week. Thank you. Thank you for your participation. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vvph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.